The title of my teaching today is Honoring Your People. Honoring your people. You know, it's easier sometimes to honor people we really don't know and have never met than it is to honor people we spend Thanksgiving dinner with. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Yeah, this this time of the year, I like to start letting Scripture prepare us for my favorite time of the year, which is Thanksgiving and Advent and Christmas, but what can relationally be a very challenging time of the year. So we know that the Scripture teaches us so much about relating to one another. You could argue that's the, the majority besides the message of, the, of, of Christ redeeming the world, a, a secondary message or maybe an equal message is Christ calling us to get along better. And so we have this need to honor, like we need to honor somebody. So we end up having a lot of honor for athletes, a lot of honor for musicians. We give a lot of honor to actors and actresses and politicians people we, we may receive inspiration from. You, you can argue that people in the arts, uh, people in leadership uh, do make us better human beings. They, they inspire us. But there is, a, there is a relational limit to how much honor we should give someone that we really don't know. I mean, some of us choose to give honor to these kind of safe characters that will never have interaction with us and we overlook the people who are in our lives on a regular basis or who have had large impacts in our lives and and, and we don't really honor them. It's sad to me that we fail to honor the people who actually fed us and gave us shelter, nurtured us, financed our development, our education, and gave us a name. As teachers and coaches and civic leaders and pastors, we're often assigned to encourage and mentor other kids. Sometimes this is a computer-generated assignment, and this is your class, or this is your team, or, or this is the people on the work schedule that you have to manage. And we make the mistake sometime when we put so much energy into those, those children as God wants us to, but we have no leftover energy to speak into or to encourage the very kids that God has called us as parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, to be primary mentors to. It's like there's nothing left over for the people that we are primarily called to lead because these artificial assignments are taking away all of our attention. Here's an irony in every generation. The people that we are tempted to be um, irritated with or impatient with will be the same people that we tell stories about when they're gone. So I say, let's have the discipline to honor people now while they are with us and not just wait until they're an earthly memory. So I'm calling myself first and you also with me to put away the immaturity. Often we, we go back to childhood roles when we're with our extended family. 
to put away that immaturity and some of those memories, to put away our right to be heard and our need to give an opinion, to put away our selfishness and to choose to honor your people. Honor the people that you are connected with. Spend some time with them. Honor, there's a lot of different definitions for honor. There's a lot of ways we can explore the word honor, but it's obviously a respect. But but the word I want to think about honor today is remembering. We, We honor people when we remember. That's what we just did a few minutes ago. We remembered that among us are veterans, people and people who have given uh, years of their life to serve our country and to defend, defend our ideals and to protect us. And because we remembered that, we remember the, the, the power of November 11th, 1918, 100 years ago, because we remembered that we honored people today. So often what we remember causes us to honor. What we forget, when we forget something, that is a measure of dishonor. And so I I want you to remember people and remember them by spending time with them. And especially those older than you and younger than you. We we have this tendency, we we really, this is is going to be a mind-blowing revelation. We tend to relate to people our own age. Have you ever thought about that? We have similar life experience. So because of that, We often don't realize those older than us and those younger than us, we honor them by listening to them. Now, almost every single one of us, me, first of all, spend too much time looking at our phone. Now, if I told you today, over Thanksgiving break, don't look at your phone. You're all going to do it. We're all going to do it. We're all going to look at our phone. I'm gonna say this, limit the time you look at your phone or at least, at least try to, at appropriate times, put it down and actually look at someone and listen to someone. This is a way to honor them. We honor people when we listen to them. Now, before we pick on younger people, those of us who are older, we're the ones that spend more time on our phone because I'm looking at mine all the time, like, how do I do that again? And how do I fix this? And then I get obsessed, like, I will fix this phone. I will learn this program. And I forget about my environment around me. Honoring is remembering people and listening to them. Here's my first point today. You honor people when you, one, acknowledge their story. Write it down. When you acknowledge their story. We read part of the story of Ruth today, just a snippet of it for our scriptural reading of the day. The story of Ruth is a simple, tragic, but yet beautiful story. Three men died and they left three widows in a culture that was very different for women without husbands. And so Ruth being a young woman, she could have moved on with her life and have She could have forgotten her former family because she was a Moabite and they were Jewish people. And she could have just, you know, started life over again. But because she honored her mother-in-law, Naomi, because she honored even the memory of her husband, because she had loyalty, she returned with Naomi to Judah. And when she was in Judah, um, she was very vulnerable. 
because she was not the same nationality, the same ethnic group of the people in Judah. And she didn't have rights. And she wasn't in her homeland. She was a very vulnerable person. And she met Boaz. And Boaz showed her favor. And that's the scripture we read earlier, but we'll read again. In verse 10, she fell face down, bowed to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor with you so that you notice me, although I am a foreigner? So here's a legitimate question. Boaz, why have I found favor with you? And here's Boaz's answer. Everything you've done for your mother-in-law since your husband has died has been fully reported to me. How you left your father and mother and your native land and how you came to a people you didn't previously know. And verse 12, may the Lord reward you for what you have done and may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Put it back on verse 11. I want you to notice something. Boaz listened to the story. Boaz paid attention to what was happening. Boaz engaged in what was occurring because he honored and respected the story of someone who was powerless, who someone who didn't have social advantages, someone who he could have easily overlooked. And part of the characteristics of being God-like people, Jesus-like people, is slowing down enough to show interest in someone else, listening to stories, asking right questions, Honoring people by paying attention to their stories and knowing who they are. We are, we are often so self-absorbed. At least I'll say Aaron, I have been so self-absorbed that I don't often listen to people. I listen to them because I want to tell my story. Because one thing we all love to do is we all love to talk about ourselves. In fact, if you want to be successful at sales, just get people to talk about themselves. Sorry, that was not in the notes, but I just want to throw that in there. Every single human being loves to talk about themselves. But if we are selfless enough to to say, "I, I really want to discover someone's story, that's a key to much ministry. You honor someone when you listen to them. A Christian author named David Augsburger wrote this. I thought this, this is such a beautiful quote. Being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they're almost indistinguishable. That that quote actually makes me a little bit sad because in my past, I've been such a poor listener. And I I don't say that I'm the best at it now because some, you guys know me and you you know, you've probably seen me stray as I've listened to you before. I apologize for that, but but I want to get better. I want to be better. And so we have mentors around us. We have people who teach us. And I learned something from my daughter the other day. She's a freshman at Lee University. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been corrected by your kids before? Okay. So a couple of months ago, we were at freshman orientation. And we're all sitting in an auditorium and the afternoon is getting long and I looked at the schedule and I could tell that the, the guy speaking was stalling. I mean, he was stalling before the next thing on the agenda. 
And he was talking about some things that I felt well-informed in. I'm involved in higher education, so I kind of felt like I knew what he's talking about. Uh, I didn't really feel like I needed to listen. I felt like the afternoon was getting long. Maybe I was even uh, analyzing what I would do if I was in charge or if I was in this part of the meeting. And so I did what... I, I, I did what, what I usually do when I'm trying to occupy my time. I got my phone out and I went to Kindle and I started reading. So I call it multitasking, but um, as the, the guy is speaking, I just start reading, reading, and I'm somewhat listening, but I'm really engaged with this. And I notice Abby is getting real frustrated with me. I can, just, I can just tell by her body language. So afterwards, she's like, you know, you guys have always told me to listen if someone's talking and it's rude, but you're on, you're, you were on your phone the whole time that guy was speaking. I wanted to say, shut your mouth, I'm paying for your college. <laughs> she went on to say, you know, dad, it really frustrates me when, I, when you're preaching and I look and people aren't listening to you at the church, but now you're doing the same thing. And honestly, she was, she was so respectful the way she told me and, 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 and had such a great demeanor about her. And she was right. That's called leadership seed. You sow it into someone else and the fruit comes back in your life, right? Sometimes that fruit is bitter to taste at first, but there's good vitamins in that. And so that's an example of how I'm trying to improve because uh, I'm I'm, I'm not perfect in this, but it, it, it was a dishonorable action. Now let's be balanced in this. Okay. Yeah, I don't, we don't need here uh, phone policemen around here seeing who's on the phone. And there's, there's good reasons. Sometimes we're managing children and all that. I, I get that. And, and I certainly don't want you, like, shaming me when I'm on my phone again if you see me. But you understand the, the bigger point. The, the bigger point is this, is that when we, when we listen and remember people and then we listen to those people, we're honoring them. Last week, we prayed for the persecuted church Specifically, we talked about Christians in Pakistan and how they are considered lower-class citizens. While we're worshiping in this comfortable environment, and you could even argue that here in the Southeast that being involved in church can help you in business and all that type of stuff. We have brothers and sisters in in Pakistan who um, are second-class citizens, cannot get jobs because they worship Jesus. And we are reminded as we remembered them, we were honoring them. As we were remembering that there are other Christians, brothers and sisters in the world, we're honoring them. Then every week we come together for worship. And every week we honor Jesus. You being at church today is one of the ways you honor Jesus. So we come to church and even if the sermon didn't hit us right, we didn't like the music, even if the people we enjoy worshiping with weren't there that day, we have at the very least, honored Jesus. 2 Timothy 2, starting with verse 8, says this, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descended from David according to my gospel. Remember him. Regular worship, devotional time, gathering with God's people. This is a way we remember Christ. We remember his plan. We remember his sacrifice. We remember what he is and what he's done for us. And we honor God when we remember him. When I did my master's program some years ago, and you guys helped make that possible, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, Dr. Charles Galden led our program. He was here on our 10-year anniversary service, and 
It was a group of pastors who would meet once a month. One of these pastors, a cool guy, great guy, his name's Danny, and he was about 15 years older than me and most of the guys in our group, so he was closer in age to Dr. Galden. So he, he would always, in every discussion, I mean, he would always say, Hey, Doc, you know, remember when years ago we uh, used to have Sunday night services and we would do this, that, or the other? Hey, Doc, you know, remember when those camp meetings, you know, we would schedule preachers and blah, 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 blah. Hey, Doc, remember when? So it, it got to be so frequent, we gave him a nickname. His name was Years Ago Danny. That's just what we started calling him because he's always saying, hey, remember years ago when we did this? There, there's something and really kind of fun to hear people reminisce. When people reminisce, there's an energy, especially, especially when two people have had the same experience. And there's an energy from them reliving a story. Even if they've relived that story before, they're not retelling the story just for information or to just get information out. They're retelling the story because by retelling the story, it makes it alive again. And so even when we've heard the story before, it's really not, it's not really kind or, or honorable to say, oh, I've heard that story before because there's a reason that person wants to tell that story. Now I tell stories all the time. So I say, I, I, I ask, like, have I told you this before? Okay, if not, let me tell you anyway. No, if I have, I try not to, to, to repeat. But often I do, and you do also, we tell the story because the experience feels real again. And, and I love it when people come back to me and, and they share with me uh, something we used to do because it makes it alive again. It makes it seem like, yeah, that really did happen. That really did occur. Yeah, I, I remember when we planted that church 18 years ago. Man, I remember being in that little day school. Man, I'm glad you remember too because that feels real to me again. Yeah, I remember when we went to that beach camp and, and how the Holy Spirit moved. Man, that, that was good. That, I remember that. Or, or maybe something silly and goofy. I remember when that funny thing happened, that funny story happened. And here's what occurs. The story actually it's more enjoyable as the years go on than the actual experience, right? The fish is much bigger now. And sometimes the emotions of that make that even better. Here's the point I'm trying to make. We honor people when, number two, you remember your story with them. And I want you to see this as a strategic way God uh, brings joy to our life is by remembering stories together. And this is, this is a way that brings laughter often. It brings bond. It brings cohesion between generations. I wish, I wish, I wish I would have written down more of my grandparents' stories. Oh, man, they, they, they're, they're fading now. And when I talk to my sister and my brother and my cousin, we can piece together these stories sometimes. But we've forgotten some of them. And, and, and when we rediscover one, it's so good. There's a cohesion that happens there. You know, when I, you know, I ask questions to my mom a lot and I'm discovering things about my mom's life now that I never knew here at age 43. And, and these, these stories uh, bring not just sentimental feelings, a sense of belonging, a sense of who we are. And this is not limited to people you're uh, related to. Uh, this is the family of God. This, this is people in your life. I mean, there is a need. People need to be listened to. And we, as Christ, as people who are being developed as Christ, need to be listeners. 
It's, it's an important way that God uh, creates these bonds of memory. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting with verse 16, it says, May the Lord grant mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, oh because he often refreshed me. I was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he diligently searched for me and found me. May the Lord grant that he obtain mercy from him on that day. You know very well how much he ministered at Ephesus. Here was this idea that Paul was writing to Timothy and he was honoring this man for what this man has done. He was remembering together. And this idea that when we remember stories together, we honor people. It's not enough just to remember something. You need to remember with someone else. And this is the discipline of, this is Jesus' type of work. I'm trying to raise the standard for the, the time you're about to have. You're about to have some more disposable time with people. You're about to have more purposeful time with friends and family members and coworkers. And this is a time to realize that, that remembering stories with them is a powerful, powerful gift from God. For those of you who are in here that are planners, do we have some planners in here? Identify yourself if you just love planning stuff on the calendar. Thank you. If it wasn't for you, we would not have family meals. Thank you for planning vacations. Thank you for actually thinking ahead. We need people like that in our families, do we not? Those of you who are spontaneous, thank you. Because you make decisions to go to concerts before you check the ticket prices. Which go ahead, it commits cheap people like me to go anyway. You tell kids that we're going to play outside before you check the 10-day weather forecast. You have something called spunk. And your spontaneity and creativity and your last-minute plans are important also. For those of you who plan... And for those of you who are spontaneous, you guys need each other. And you don't need to get mad at each other. We need planning and we need spontaneity. We need you to work together. We need both of you to create memories. And here's my last point today. You honor your people when you create new stories. Number three. You honor your people when you create new stories. Why is it that at certain times of the year, we make the effort financially and logistically to travel across the country to see family? Why is it that we go ahead and we schedule that 242 holiday party in December when everyone is busy anyway? Why is it that we go to another animated movie with the kids? Some of y'all like that about being a father. I did not like that at all. It was a labor of love to see those cartoons. Thank God I don't have to do that anymore. Why do we do these things? We do these things to create memory. We do these things to create connections. We do these things to keep the fire of friendship alive and to, to keep the family bonds uh, um, to keep them, to create new family bonds when we discover new family for our brothers and sisters in Christ, for those of us who may be estranged from our 
our natural family. There's a spiritual family that has a much more deeper eternal bond. And we do things to connect with that spiritual family for a reason. And Paul was a planner. He said this, he said in Romans chapter one, verse eight, I thank God through Jesus Christ for all of you because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit and telling the good news about his son that I constantly mention you, always asking in my prayers that if it is somehow in God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. Look at verse 11 of Romans chapter one. For I want very much to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Here is a a combination of a man who made plans, but the Holy Spirit led him. And that does happen. You plan the 2019 calendar and then the Holy Spirit said, don't go. You have your whole calendar planned and the Holy Spirit says, go do this. We're people led by the Spirit. We make our plans and then we submit our plans to the Spirit. But Paul Uh, We we see here that he was in relationship with people, investing in them and creating stories with them. He was imagining the future and he was saying, because I want to impart this gift to you, we're going to make these plans and we're going to be intentional and we're going to spend time together and we're going to spend time together, not just so that we can just be in the same room doing separate things so that we can actually interact and, and get to know one another and take all of the relational risk that occurs when you do so. Guys, to make this work, You have to make up your mind to plan, to invest, to create new memories, and to keep your bad attitude to yourself and to put a guard over your lips. I mean, if you're going to do this, you have to decide, I'm going to have a right attitude, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Now, I don't endorse smoking at all. I don't think it's, it's not a healthy thing. It's not a good thing to smoke. But those of you who are smokers, sometimes I'm jealous of you. Because at family events, whenever you want to, you can just get up and leave the room. (laughs) Say something's happening and someone gets up, what are you doing? Getting a smoke. Like, this conversation's going so bad, I might start smoking right now just to get out of it. That's a little unfair. So maybe you do have to take a walk. That's a lot better than smoking. Go for a walk around the block. Say say you, you need to get steps in with your tracker or something like that. But it's worth the effort and the risk to create new memories with people you love or people you want to build the future with. Make that extra effort to be relational. This very month, 21 years ago, um, I was planning and plotting to propose to Beth Hall. And we were were not engaged yet. And I had a ring. I had $53. And thanks to my parents, I was able to buy a ring with $53. I paid 53, they paid the rest. It was a great deal. (laughs) Thanks, mom. And I was working at a church. I was 22 years old and there was a a secretary and I I guess I I shouldn't guess how old she was, but she was old enough to be my mom. Let's put it that way. Her name was Carol, godly woman. So she's helping me plot out what we're going to do, what I'm going to do. And, and I'm asking, she's asking me some questions and and I'm giving her different ideas of how I'm going to propose. She's kind of shaking her head no. And at one point she said, well, where's a special place for, where's a special place for you guys? And I said, well, we don't have a special place. And it's like the conviction of the Holy Spirit came over her and she said, go find one. <laughs> so I did. I went to Percy Warner Park and I wandered through the trails there. 
to find that out that place that looks over Nashville, and I, and I proposed to Beth 21 years ago. I, I, I thought about that this morning when I'm talking about creating memories. Carol's wisdom to me all those years ago: go create special memories, go create special places, go create special conversations. You don't have to have a lot of money to do this. In fact, maybe it's, it's you know, you're, you're, the people special to you, they may like it better if you spend less money on them and give them more of your attention, right? It may be better. You don't have to go to Gatlinburg to play cards with your family. Just turn off the TV and don't answer the cell phone. You can play cards for a lot cheaper, Right? We feel like we have to go down to the mountains and hide away to, to do something special with our family. It's not necessarily true. So I, I'm giving you just these words of wisdom. I would say today is, at least what in my interpretation, was a day of words of wisdom. Uh, a, a little bit lighter of a sermon when it comes to, uh, we, don't, we didn't have big gospel Holy Spirit themes. But let's not overlook the power of simplicity because it's not enough just to be spiritually mature. Some of you are spiritually mature, but you're not um, emotionally mature and you're not socially mature. And so no one wants to listen to all your theology because you don't know how to get along with people. And this whole time, maybe you've been thinking, this wasn't a very deep sermon and you've totally missed that no one in your family likes you. (laughs) Thus saith the Lord God Almighty. So be cool in the name of Jesus. Go take those walks and get those steps in and, and invest. And don't try to make people think you're so important because your job's so important you can't even look away from a computer for two hours. No one's that important, come on. These things matter and these small things matter. I wanna ask our ushers to begin to prepare to distribute communion and we'll now bring a gospel application to all of this. We are people who honor each other. And we are people who honor the Lord because we are people who we were honored by our God. Though we deserve it not, he remembered us in our sinfulness. He remembered us in our separation. And he chose to come and show us the way as we prepare these next three weeks and we'll start Advent in three weeks from now. As we prepare for that, we realize that every single Sunday is a Sunday that we celebrate the resurrection and the power of our Lord. And when Jesus, and he took the Passover supper right before he voluntarily gave up his life and death, he said these words in Luke chapter 22, verse 19, and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in honor of me. Guys, when you come to weekly worship, you honor the Lord through communion. You honor the Lord through communion. Honor his memory. Honor his presence. Honor his plan for the world. Honor his work in your life. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this is the cup in the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. At our church, every single person who believes in Jesus Christ is welcome to take communion. There may be a reason this morning you don't want to take communion, and that's okay. Sometimes Christians let communion pass, and and that's fine. You'll not be judged by that. But all of you are welcome to. In a moment, I'll pray. At the conclusion of my prayer, I want you to hold the bread and hold the cup, and then I'll come back and we'll pray together.